0: amen go with me if you will to the book of Exodus chapter number six we're gonna read one verse there and then we're going to go to the book of Numbers chapter number seven amen it's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight thankful for the presence of the Lord of course we have a busy week with camp meeting this week and I know that many of you have worked very hard And we'll be working very hard, and I want you to know how much we appreciate it and thankful for your labor. Uh, If you are willing to help with the parking team, please see Brother Jamie after service. I think it's been mentioned they're going to meet over here uh, in front of the drum cage. If you are not on a team or if you're willing to help with that team, if you would please come to that meeting afterwards, that is one of the teams that we need more help with and uh, You know, volunteering for the nice air-conditioned indoor jobs, that's all good, but sometimes somebody's got to be out on the parking lot, and so if you can help with that team, I know it will be appreciated. Exodus chapter number 6 and verse number 16, Exodus 6 and 16, if you found it, say amen. And these are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon and Kohath, and Merari, and the years of the life of Levi were a hundred thirty and seven years. Numbers chapter seven, beginning at verse number four. Numbers chapter seven, beginning at verse number four. If you found it, say Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, that they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt give them unto the Levites, to every man according to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them unto the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon according to their service. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the sons of Merari according unto their service under the hand of Ithamar the son of Aaron the priest. But unto the sons of Kohath he gave none. Because the service of the sanctuary belongeth unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. God, I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you for your spirit that's here. Oh God, I feel the anointing of your hand in this place. God, I pray for a demonstration of your spirit and power. I pray for an anointing upon the preaching of your word and the hearing of your word. And I pray, God, that you would confirm the word with signs following. I ask you, Lord God, to accomplish in this place tonight that which you've sent your word and your spirit forth to do. I bind every power of darkness that would try to hinder the move of your spirit, God. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I take dominion and authority over it. God, I bind every human spirit that would resist the move of your spirit. And I pray, God, that we would yield our mind, our body, and our spirit to you. God, for your purpose in this service, for your mission in this service. God, because I believe there's something you want to do here tonight. And I pray that if you're gonna do it, do it through us in Jesus name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and lift your voice. I'm gonna ask you to push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone right now. Amen, you have to press yourself beyond physical fatigue and emotional stress and mental fatigue and you gotta push yourself into the flow of the Spirit tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. The, thir- the third son of Jacob and Leah was the man we know as Levi. In the process of time, Levi and his wife, Milka had three sons. The oldest son was named Gershon. It appears that he was born to Levi before Levi moved to Egypt to live under Joseph's protection. Over the next few years, Levi and his wife welcomed two more sons. The middle son was named Kohath and the youngest son was named Merari. These three young men would raise their families in the relative obscurity of Egyptian bondage. They died in Egypt, having lived in obscurity until the time of the exodus when their grandchildren would rise to prominence. After the exodus from Egypt and the crossing of the Red Sea, the descendants of the three sons of Levi would be prominent in the work and the worship of the Lord. The Lord gave specific instructions to Moses regarding the construction and the moving of the tabernacle in the wilderness. The intricate detail of the tabernacle, its form, function, and rituals were An intimate description of Christ and the redemptive process by types and shadows. Every detail of the tabernacle was an indication of the ministry of Jesus Christ in the church. When you read about the sacrifices, the offerings, the feast days, and the furniture of the tabernacle, you can find its representation in the church, in the house of God. And the sons of Levi, their families were men who would not just gracefully fade away, but they were prominent in the work of the Lord. The descendants of Levi, these three sons each had their task and their service for the house of worship. For some 40 years, the tabernacle had to be mobile in the wilderness. For when God commanded the children of Israel to move, their tabernacle had to move. They didn't just leave their church behind. If the church can't go somewhere, then we can't go somewhere. Amen. Amen. That would be a good place to stop and preach but you're acting like you want me to hurry. The tabernacle was more than a building. It was the center of their lives. Their lives were rigidly constructed around their house of God. Each tribe had a command regarding where they would camp every night and that command was directly oriented by the location of the tabernacle, the house of God. It was the center of their lives. It was the center of their worship. It was the center of their family. May I tell you that if you want your family to survive, then you don't fit the church into your life. You fit your life into the church. You don't find a way to put the church around your schedule and lifestyle. You build your schedule and lifestyle around the house of God. That's how you survive a wilderness. That's how you survive a desert. That's how you survive between Egypt and your promise. You don't make you the center of your universe. You make... The house of God, the center of your family. I'm going to tell you, it was no small undertaking to move the tabernacle in the wilderness. It had to be deconstructed, packed, moved, unpacked, reconstructed. Every time the children of Israel moved over their 40-year trek through the wilderness, their Was a big job to do. For this task. The Lord specifically. Called on the clans. Of the three sons of Levi. That's what the Bible called them. The clans. The descendants. Of the oldest son Gershon. They were called the Gershonites. They were responsible. For carrying the curtains. The tent and all of its coverings. The descendants of the youngest son, Mer-Ari. They were known as the mer They carried the posts, the crossbars, the beams, the tent pegs. These two groups of people carried the actual physical structure of the tabernacle. It was the Kohathites The descendants of the middle son of Levi, Kohath. That had the responsibility for moving the implements, the furniture, the vessels of the house of the Lord. Those things that were used for worship and service to God were the responsibility of the Kohathites. Amen. Amen. It was a tremendous enterprise to move this tabernacle and all of its articles. It wasn't easy to transport such a structure across a barren, rocky desert called the wilderness. But the task was that of the Gershonites, the Merarites, and the Kohathites. Then we come to the passage of Scripture that we used for a text tonight. The Lord knew that it was a difficult task. The Lord knew it's not easy moving a church through a wilderness for 40 years. Therefore, he made a way for the Gershonites to carry these massive sewn together animal hides that form the tent, the tabernacle, its curtains, and its coverings. Numbers 7, verses 6 and 7 said, and Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them unto the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave unto the sons of Gershon according to their service. God knew it's not easy moving all that stuff. It's not easy having a church in the wilderness. And for those that move the posts. And those that move all the, the, the animal hides, the curtains, the tent, I'm gonna give them two wagons and four oxen so they can transport all of these heavy curtains and animal hides through the wilderness. Verse number seven, verse number eight. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the son of Mari, according unto their service. Under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. The Marites, they moved the post of the tent. The cross beams, the pegs, the structure of the tabernacle. The Marites got four wagons and eight oxen. Because it's not easy transporting all that heavy timber through a barren, rocky, desert wilderness. It was These wagons and oxen that they would use to carry the burden through the wilderness. And then came the Kohathites. They carried the vessels of the tabernacle. The bowls, the spoons, the platters, the candlestick, the altar of incense, the table of shoe bread, the altar, the brazen altar, the laver, and the ark of the covenant. They carried all these hundreds of little intricate pieces that God had made them to build for the use of worship in the tabernacle. The candlestick that would give light. The altar that they would set the fire and burn the sacrifice. All of these things that they would carry. The Kohathites. What would they get? The Gershonites got two wagons and four oxen. The Marites got four wagons and eight oxen. What would God give the Kohathites to carry their burden through the wilderness? Verse number nine. But unto the sons of Kohath, he gave none. Because the service of the sanctuary, belonging unto them, was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Others get to use wagons and oxen. Others get to lighten their personal load in the wilderness. Others get to use easier methods and easier ways, but not the Kohathites. Their load was never lightened. There were no shortcuts to moving the presence of the Lord. Amen. Y'all left me alone for 14 and a half minutes. You can help me. We can get this done quick. But I got 1,600 sermons in my iPad, and I preach all of them. but you know I won't. Others got to use wagons and oxen. Others were just moving a building, but the Kohathites were moving the presence of God. The Gershonites and the Maronites moved a structure, but the Kohathites had their hands on the glory of God. There are no shortcuts to a move of God. Anybody can build a building, but not just anybody can have church. Anybody can build a structure, but not just anybody can have a move of God. Anybody can build a house, but not anybody can call the God of the house down. There are some things that there are no shortcuts to. Oh God. Yeah. Numbers 4 and 15. And when Aaron and his sons have made an end of covering the sanctuary and all the vessels of the sanctuary, as the camp is to set forward. After that, the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it. but they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath. The Bible didn't call the skins and the tent and all of the curtains, the burden of the Gershonites. Because they had a shortcut for carrying it through the wilderness. The Bible didn't call the work of the Marites with the beams and all the posts and all the crossbeams They didn't call that a burden because they had oxen and wagons to carry it. But the Bible said, this is the burden of the sons of Kohath. Because there are no easy ways to carry the glory of God in a wilderness. There are no shortcuts to an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. There are no easy ways to turn your world upside down. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Boy, I love watching that baby come out there my night right there. Y'all can sit there and stare at me if you want to. Amen. But I like watching these babies because you know what that means? That means somebody is carrying the glory of God to another generation. Amen. While I was reading my text, I could hear children talking. I'm saying I love to hear children talking. Amen. I love to know that we've got a generation we're passing it down to. May I tell you that if you want the Jordan River to part, then there's no shortcuts when you're walking into it. If you want the walls of Jericho to fall down, you don't put the ark on a cart and the walls come down. It's got to be on somebody's shoulder. Somebody has to take responsibility to pick up the things of the house of God and say, if we're going to go, I'm going to carry it. If it's going to happen, I'm going to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah you can view it as a burden or a privilege. You can either thank God that you're blessed enough to be close to His glory, or you can complain because you got so much to do. I tend to stand there and say, thank God that I get to be involved in what the church is doing. Hallelujah. Our life group leaders, thank God you get to be involved in what God's doing. Grow class teachers, Sunday school teachers, ushers, greeters, singers, musicians. Everybody involved, thank God, I get to be close to the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. It's getting ready to be one of the busiest weeks this church has. A large percentage of our church is going to be out working and sweating while the rest of the district comes and enjoys the presence of God. Amen. Cooking out in the kitchen. All that stuff has to be fixed, amen. All those tables have to be cleaned. That floor has to be wiped. The bathrooms have to be cleaned every day. The carpet has to be vacuumed, has to be cleaned. All the stuff that goes on. Park. We're trying to. We're still the night. The, the Sunday night before camp, we're still trying to get people to help park cars. There's a lot of work, and there's going to be a lot of great things happen, and a lot of the great things that are going to happen this week. Many of you are not going to get to be a partaker of because you're going to be working in a kitchen, working in a room somewhere, working in children's church, working on the parking lot, working in the choir, working somewhere, and you won't get to just sit and relax and enjoy. But it's either a burden or a privilege, and I say it's a privilege. To be touching the things of the glory of God. It's a privilege to be able to be used in the kingdom of God. It's an honor to be able to have the glory of God here. I've come to thank the Koethites that make this church work on every single day. I want to thank the Kohathites that spray weeds and weed eat and mow grass. Brother Benny, I saw you today out here weed eating in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. I thank the Kohathites that were here all afternoon practicing songs and music and getting stuff together. I thank the ones that show up early on Sunday morning to make sure that everything's ready. I thank the ones that come in on Friday and Saturday and clean up around here. I thank the ones that are stuck behind computers and cameras to make sure that somebody out there can enjoy it. Thank God for the let that say, "I know it's a—it's not just a burden; it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be close to the glory of God." You think? The, I wonder if the Kohathites ever looked at the Gersonites. I said, man, those dudes got a wagon. They got two wagons and four oxen. And here I am in this dusty wilderness with these sandals, the same sandals I've had for 40 years. It's what the Bible said, they never wore out. They might have wanted new shoes and couldn't break the ones. My, my brother, used to, he had some kind of a foot issue when growing up. And so he had to get some corrective shoes. They had some kind of a thing built into them that would make him walk, right or whatever. He should have worn them all the time. But uh, he hated those shoes. He said they looked like nerd shoes, which I said that's exactly why you should be wearing them. He hated those shoes. He would hide them every Sunday morning. We'd be late for church because he would hide the shoes and they'd be looking for the shoes So he could walk walk his corrective shoes. He'd get rid of anything he could do to get other shoes. He would do it because he didn't like the shoes he had. I wonder if the if the ever walking in that wilderness, and here they are, one of them's carrying this box full of spoons. And every time he takes a step, those box of spoons are rattling. And he he it's a burden. It's one thing. Yeah, you know, anyway, I I had a sixth-grade teacher, and he decided on the last day of school that he was going to give us a little bit of, a, of a, an opportunity to win some prizes. And so we had these dictionaries. What, 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 to you young folks, a dictionary is like an app made out of paper. All right? It's called book. And, 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 and we had these dictionaries. And, and we, you know, here we are, all these sixth grade boys, and we, you know, we can't even shave yet. We can, but we don't have anything to shave. And... Uh, and we think we're all tough. And he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give $5 to the person that can hold a dictionary out like that the longest. And man, you get started, it's no big deal. We're like, this is easy. And then a few seconds go by. And a little bit longer goes by. And one by one, they begin to drop. I'm going to say I won. I don't remember, so I probably didn't, but I'm just going to say I did. Because... There's no evidence that I didn't. <laughs> but, but it got heavy after a little while. Can you imagine walking through the wilderness with a box of spoons or bowls that are used in the service of the Lord on your shoulder? And you get a little tired, so what do you do? You, your shoulder starts to hurt. Your neck starts to hurt. So you switch it on the other side. And then before long, what happens? Now you have two sore shoulders. It's a burden. But every time those spoons rattle, you think about when they're pouring the oil into the candlestick out of it. And you understand that it's that light that's going to illuminate the presence of God. And the glory of God's going to come down in this tabernacle. And if I don't carry it on my shoulders, it's not going to happen. And so for all those hours walking, it's one shoulder to another. And beside you, there's a guy... And he's carrying, he's carrying the brazen laver, a big brass pot, a bowl of, that they put water in to wash after they offer sacrifice. And he's carrying this bowl on his shoulder through the wilderness. While the, here, comes, here comes his cousin, the Gershonite. And he's just, get up. And he's just going right by him. And he's, he's in the dust of the oxen of the Gershonites and the Marites. And here is the Kohathite. And he's carrying this burden. And he's getting there. But what has to happen is for his stuff to have a place. The Gersonites have to get there first. His cousins got to get there first because they got to get the posts set up. And they got to get the crossbeams out. They got to get the tent pegs dr- driven into the ground. And then they got to unfold all those animal hides and cover that tent and they got to get the curtains all hung, and everything has to be in its place so that when they finally walk up on the job site, all dusty and dirty from the chore of the day, then they begin to lay out the things of the glory of God. You see, anybody can carry an animal hide, and anybody can carry a wooden post, but when that stuff got inside, without this stuff, it's just a building. Without this stuff, It's just a structure. It's like any other tent and any other house. But when you set the Ark of the Covenant in the holy place and you come back and close the veil, all of a sudden the heaven begins to swirl. And before long a cloud starts to drop down. And before you know it, the Shekinah glory of God is in the house of God because somebody was willing to carry the load. Thank God! Thank God! That somebody's willing to carry the load on their shoulders. I want you to look around the room at people. There's a lot of people here that do stuff every day that you don't even know that they do. From people that the works that take that take such good care of our cemetery to Brother Bobby Watson. He sprays the weeds out there. We got people that do all these things that nobody really thinks about. But it happens all the time. Every week. Every service. It just happens because people are willing to carry the burden on their shoulder. For those Kohathites among us, I tell you, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Just keep working for God. There's a harvest. Keep working for God. There's a harvest. For our home Bible study teachers, keep teaching. There's a harvest. For our Sunday school teachers, keep raising these kids up. It's why we got these kids here that are on fire now. It's because over the years, somebody taught them in Sunday school, gave them a cookie and milk and taught them about Jesus. It's a burden. But don't get tired of carrying your burden. I gotta, I gotta get back to my notes, man. I'm, I'm all over the place. I've, I've got this message all mixed up. The Bible said they were, about, the most holy things. Their burden, was the most holy thing. If you're gonna have a church in a desert, you gotta have people who are willing to shoulder the burden. I've come tonight to encourage the workers to not get weary and not get tired, but I've also come to prophesy that somebody's life is going to change when you make the decision to get involved and not just be a bystander in the house of God. There's a fresh dimension of anointing for somebody. That to this point, you have been a consumer. But when you leave here, you're going to be a Kohathite. That because of circumstances, maybe you pulled back from ministry. Maybe because of something going on in your life, you pulled back for a little while. I've come to tell you, your breakthrough comes when you stay close to the holy things. When you keep it as close to your mind as you can. When you put it on your shoulder, there's a fresh breakthrough coming for somebody. The more you get involved, the more you're going to have a breakthrough. The more you get involved in the kingdom, the more Holy Ghost you're going to have. It's going to happen. I've come to speak it for somebody. Amen. Lord, I need to quit. Man. I I sure typed The Bible said that to the Kohathites, they did not get an ark because their job was to carry the most holy things. David found out generations later when he was trying to move the Ark of the Covenant, but he tried to do it with a shortcut. He built a wagon and got an ox, and he put the Ark of the Covenant on a wagon. And when he put the Ark of the Covenant on a wagon with an ox, it was a place it was never intended to be, because there's no shortcuts to carrying the presence of God. And when you look for a shortcut, you end up violating the word of God. The word of God has no shortcuts for revival. It still takes prayer and it still takes worship and it still takes disciple making there are no shortcuts. It takes Bible study teachers. It takes musicians being anointed. It takes preachers. It takes greeters. It takes ushers. It takes, a, it takes all of us. And there's no shortcuts to it. But David tried to get a shortcut to bring the ark of God back. And when he did, that ox cart, it lurched. And when it did, a man reached out to touch it. And when he touched something he was never supposed to touch, he was killed on the spot. Because it was never intended to be on a shortcut. Can I tell you that I'm tired of watching apostolics look for a shortcut to having revival. Dropping holiness. Thinking it's going to have, they're going to have revival. Cutting out services because they think they're going to have revival. May I tell you, I'm not looking for a shortcut to having revival. I'm looking for a shoulder. Not a shortcut. But a shoulder, somebody that says, I'll be a disciple maker, I'll be a home Bible study teacher, I'll get involved in Sunday school. I had somebody tell me in text just a few days ago. They 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 let me know, Pastor, I'm not I'm not skipping Sunday school now. Praise God. Put their shoulder to it. Amen. Two weeks ago, Sunday night, Brother Ethan, no, it was last Sunday, last week on Sunday night, I was getting ready to get on some of these boys for just picking and choosing when they want to be in choir and don't. If they have something else they want to do, they don't go to practice. And then when they bored, they go to practice. And so sometimes you have a bunch of guys, sometimes you have a few. But the Holy Ghost moved and spared these boys that, and I'm too good a mood to preach to them tonight about it. <laughs> I did notice there was a whole lot more up there, though. Amen. But you know what? It's the burden of the Kohathites. Amen. And it just has to be done. Praise God. Can I preach to you for a minute? Amen. Last Sunday morning, Brother Wilson sat here and got more amens. So I'm going to sit here and fish for a few. Let me tell you that when it looks good up here, it looks good on that screen that people out there are watching and it makes a difference to people out there that say, I want to be a part of something that has it going. But when it looks like North Dakota, all spread out up there. It leaves a mark that says these people are not invested in what's going on. When we have people gathered around the front worshiping God in worship service, it tells the people out there, that church loves God. They're excited about the... P- you just got to put it on your shoulder and you just got to walk with it. It's our response. To, there's no shortcuts to revival. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stand with me. So David, David he, got, he got worried when he couldn't get the ark back. The Bible said he was afraid. After Uzzah died, he was afraid to bring it back. And he said, Uzzah, he said how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? I can't use the shortcut. i got to figure this out. i got to get the ark of God home. I need a move of God. I tried a shortcut to revival and I couldn't find it. This title, the title makes no sense to you all because I haven't told you why. The word Kohath the word means an ally or friend. A companion to work together, to be united. He was a friend of revival. 1 Chronicles 15 and 3, And David gathered all Israel together to bring up the ark of the Lord into his place, which he had prepared for it. 1 Chronicles 15 and 3. 15 and 4, And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites. Verse number 5, Of the sons, I tried the shortcut and I realized there's no shortcut to revival. So now he went and got the sons of Kohath, Uriel, the chief, and his brethren, a hundred and twenty. There only takes four to carry the ark, he got, he said, I'm not messing around anymore. We're not messing around, we're going to have revival, we're going to have all out revival, we're not going to half play revival. We're not going to just act revival. We won't have revival. He wouldn't got Uriel, the son. You know what Uriel means? The flame of God. People who are an ally of revival raise children who are on fire. Let me try it over here. People who are involved in the work of God raise children who are on fire for God. Right? Let me try it here in the middle. People who are involved in the work of God raise children who are on fire for God. Amen. Thank God for young people that are on fire for God. Thank God for a church who wants to be involved in the work of God. He gathers the sons of Kohath. Because he wants to have a move of the Spirit of God. He realized there are no shortcuts to having revival. I want to be a friend of revival. I want to be an ally of the move of God. I don't want this church to have revival in spite of me. I want to be an ally of revival. And for that to happen, I have to put my shoulder to the work of God I'm offering my shoulder to you God I'm giving myself I'm offering my shoulder to the work of God because there's no shortcuts to what we're trying to do in this last day and so what I'm preaching right now to somebody is it's time for you to get involved may I tell you if it's your first service here or you've been here your whole life, we have some place you can be involved. Amen. Amen. If you've never been through First Steps, then when August rolls around, I am asking you to come to First Steps Sunday morning after Sunday school. We serve lunch, and we talk about the vision, and we talk about being involved in the work of God. It's time, if you've not got your shoulder to the work, it's time to get your shoulder involved in the kingdom of God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I'm going to close it. If you're involved in any ministry at all, any ministry at all, music, singing, uh, in the media team, the ones that are on the media now, obviously, they, they're, they're working, so they're stuck back there. But, but, uh, but, but those of you that are, not, that are on the media team but not there, if you're an usher, a greeter, you park cars, you mow, you clean up around, you teach Sunday school, you work in any area of the ministry, I want you to come. I want you to come. You're going to have to come close because there's a whole lot of you folks. Trustees, planning teams, first steps, people that cook for funerals, cook for special events, cleaning teams. Come on, come close. Kohathites, security team. You may not know who they are because we don't necessarily want everybody knowing who the security team is. It makes us more secure. Kohathites, landscaping, repairing. changing filters on the air units over here all the time repairing stuff all this stuff now look I'm, this, this is not, I'm not trying to uh, if you're on prayer teams it's the shoulders of Kohath it's getting stuff done thank God thank God thank God, thank God. For workers in the kingdom of God, Lord, I thank you for those that bear the burden of Kohath, who are about the most holy things. Oh God, I pray you give them strength. Some of y'all aren't up here. You you lying you're going to be working this week you're going to be busy aren't you thankful aren't you thankful for people who work to all you that are gathered up here I know sometimes it's the joy of it and sometimes it's the burden of it right anybody ever get tired you don't want to nod your head too much I get tired. The Lord said, this is the burden of those that they are near the most holy things. Sister Williams, some of these kids that are in the choir shouting, teaching Bible studies, you taught them in Sunday school. Thank you for putting your shoulder to it. You had your own struggles during that time, but you still kept your shoulder involved in it. Jonathan Barnes works in Sunday school. He works with kids all week long. He's a school counselor. If anybody would have an excuse to say, I'm sick and tired of kids. Thank you for putting your shoulder to it. Brother Daniel, it doesn't matter what I ask you to do. When I don't know who else to ask, I'll call Daniel. From going to pick up pallets of water to a quick repair to five minutes before church, get a call. Somebody needs a ride to church. he just jump in the truck and go do it. After I had my surgery, I went, I went like like 50 some days without eating everything i ate made me sick i was so weak and tired he would walk me home there was one time some people that uh that go to a different church came and they were all up in my office and they were shaking me and praying for me and next thing i knew brother daniel was in there about to give them the smackdown. i had to say no they're okay it'll be all right from there he started walking me home Thanks for weed eating on a Sunday afternoon, Brother Benny. Thanks for you and Janet being part of Difference Makers, because it makes a difference. Amen. Brother Kenny, Sister Gail, you've made our church look a whole lot better to this community by your labor of love. It's, it's not just grass to you, it's, it's a personal investment. Brian, you ever get tired of singing? If I could sing like you, I wouldn't. (laughs) Daniel, come here. We had a man visit our church about a year and a half ago. He's the third highest ranked uh, person in charge of the Pfizer plant in Memphis. He came to church. I went and met him for lunch. We were sitting at a restaurant, Brother Carson. And while sitting in that restaurant, he said, you know what? You have a young man in your church. He said, the first time I visited, he stood in the vestibule and he introduced himself, shook my hand, told me he was glad to, to see me, and he talked to me. He said, and he stood there with me and made me feel so at home and so comfortable. I said, well, what was his name? He said, Daniel. Daniel. I said, well, was he a young, scrawny Daniel? He said he was. Made a difference. Put that little bony shoulder to it. Amen. Wiley, you're one of the best MCs anywhere. You know how to find the flow of the Spirit as good as anybody your age is. It's a gift. I don't know how you do it because you're so goofy most of the time. But thank you for being willing. We can go all around. I, I got something started. The Be Free teams, all the people. Josh Lumpkin is running sound now. He's got his tablet in front of him. His dad died. He said, Pastor, I think I need to take a few weeks off. And what was it, about seven days Maybe right back to it because it's it's what he does shoulder the shoulder you understand what I'm trying to say tonight I know we're getting ready to be tired come come this time next week I'm going to try to next Sunday night have the shortest sermon that I can have because we're going to be war slap out but thank you for putting your shoulders to the work of God thank you for doing what you do because it's because of that that we're seeing a move of God and we're having an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray for all the workers, all the Kohathites that watch other people go by in wagons but they still just plod along faithfully serving in the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray your blessing on these men and women and young people. God, I ask you, Lord Jesus. I know of someone in our church that's dealing with a terrible personal issue. A terrible personal issue. And yet they spent a part of their afternoon today cleaning bathrooms. Thank God for Kohathites. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody close to you and pray for God to give them strength. I want you to reach forward and pray for those. If you're not up here, I want you to be involved. We'll do what we can to help you find a place to serve. But I want you to pray for the workers this week. God, give them strength. God, refresh their spirit. God, when they do sleep, let them get plenty of rest and let them be anointed. God, let them know that their work is appreciated. Our grow class leaders, our life group leaders, all the people that work in front and back. God, I pray you give an anointing of strength. Come on, pray one for another. God, I pray you give an anointing of strength. For the Kohathites tonight. For those that are near the most holy things. That work so somebody else can be blessed. God, I pray your strength and your blessing. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to reach your hand forward to me. And I want you to pray that God anoint me Thursday night. To preach a word to this district. For this 70th anniversary I feel like God's spoken to me but I want I need his help can you just ask God to give me wisdom and to give me his anointing for his will to be done for your purpose to be accomplished now let's pray for Bishop Wilson that on Friday night that God just used him in a mighty way that God pour the anointing of the Holy Ghost and strength on Bishop Wilson. God, pour your spirit out. Lord, I pray, God, on Thursday night is the missions offering. God, I pray that you would give us an anointing to give for the purpose of your kingdom. God, I pray, let it be done with the anointing of the Holy Ghost and let your work be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. It'd be a great night for somebody to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You are dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.